Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Now I believe, I believe, even as we reach nearly the hour and a half mark, I believe we had a Who's That Pokemon. Okay, so I have a bit of a special kind of game for you three because I wanted to make a big impact on my first episode and I wanted to play a bit of a game of like Who's That Pokemon. I was looking into actual D&D monsters and things like that trying to be like, oh, I wonder if any of these like things like actually reference being weak against salt. Like there's a couple of like vampires and such that specifically mention that they have a weakness against holy water or mm. uh, that they don't regenerate hit points if they've taken damage from a certain type of damage. And I found one, Ooh. one monster in all of fifth edition D&D. Ooh. That specifically references salt in its stat block. Okay, so let's let's just quickly now. I'm including f- just for what it's worth. I'm including all of the monster manuals, all of the extra adventures that add new stat blocks, new monsters, and things like that. So, as an example, Prince of Elemental Evil yeah. have new like cultists and things like that. There is one in all of the published material for fifth edition that I can find on D and D Beyond. Yes, wild, wow. So I want to play a bit of a game of like 20 questions with you guys. Yes or no questions. Let's see if you guys can figure out what it is. Okay. 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 So 20 questions, go around the table, see what we can, we can do in that time. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll keep track of the questions. Perfect. Tully, do you want to start us off? Yeah. Sort of an animal, vegetable or mineral situation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is it a mineral? No. Is it a... <laughs> okay. Um... Does it have a set physical form? As in, is it not amorphous? Is it a tangible, as in it's like, it's not a a ghost? A tangible form. So it's not a ghost, it's not an ooze. Yes. Okay. So it's got a a defined form of sorts. Yes. Was it once a living humanoid? No. Interesting. Does it have links? Hold on. Fucking. Oh, sorry. Cool your jets. There's like another person here, Tully. Oh, we're going around the circle. Yeah, why not? I thought. We, I thought. Oh, did I you want to go? Yeah. I thought oh. I established that when I went. Sorry, was that oh. not obvious? When I, no, I thought I was just sitting this one out because uh, yeah, these two read dungeon books for fun. That's and what I just I'm not, based on Grace's. I'm a jock. Grace is a jock. <laughs> Grace is a jock. Grace is too busy playing. Grace is the toughest one of all of us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if she wants to play along, but you also don't have to ask the ask a question if you don't want to. No, I'm just trying to think of a question. Is it playable? No. Okay. I mean, not unless your DM is like real freaky, but no. Does it have links to the infernal? No. Does it speak common? No. Okay. So it has a form. I- interestingly, none of you have asked what like creature type it is yet. 
Yeah, well, that, that, that's the thing is, I think, so it has a form. It did not used to be a humanoid. Does I think not it could be an undead animal or something, though, still, couldn't it? Yeah, it does not have, so yeah, it does not have links to the infernal. Can't speak common. Can't speak common. Can't be played. Can't be played. Is it undead? No. Well, I should have I should have trusted that I covered that with my first question. I was like, no, I don't need to ask that. I already covered that. I covered that in like a more interesting way, but like, no, I'll just die. Fuck. <laughs> Uh, shit. Tully, deep in the tank. Is it weak against radiant damage? No. <laughs> so it's just salt. Just salt. It's just okay. salt. Is it? Does it no. have a link to pop mythology? Like, uh, like uh, pop culture kind of thing? As in, like, if you if you spoke to uh, the the average person on the street, would they have heard of this creature? Uh, that's sort of a hard one. Kind of. Okay. Okay. I, I I will take a maybe because that kind of places it in the not just obscure D&D creatures but also it's no, not no, a it's vampire. not it's not like a beholder that's like specific to D&D it's not like a whatever it is it's a but it's also not a vampire or a werewolf it's not something that the average person on the street knows uh I, no is I'm gonna it, say that is it weak hold on is it weak to salt for the same reason slugs are Lachlan <laughs> it's a giant snail it's a fucking giant snail. <laughs> it's a giant snail <laughs> It is a giant snail called the Haung Harask. It is from the Dungeon of the Mad Mage expansion, the, the oh Waterdeep Dungeon of the Mad Mage. Oh my God. It is it a, a giant snail. It is literally a big old snail. It is a huge creature. It is described as being a snail the size of an elephant. And it has a challenge rating of zero because it has no attacks. Oh. <laughs> it just sits there and rolls around. And has a specific ability called salt vulnerability that says a pound of salt thrown onto the snail's skin deals 1d6 acid damage to it. Oh, shit. It's the only creature in 5th edition that specifically references salt. It's uh, just a big fuck-off snail. I mean, I've read Junji Eater. Anything with a spiral can be scary. You could do it. You can make it scary. Did I just am imagining putting this in a campaign as you are in a city and you see a, a, a herd of elephant-sized snails coming towards you and you like the players. It's like it's coming slowly, but it's coming. And the like guards the running are real of, worried like about the it. running of the bulls, but like really <laughs> slow. <laughs> and all the players are like, "Well, fuck! How do we? I guess I guess we've got to fight them. I, I think." And then they just don't. Do anything. Yeah, they you just, just need like, to salt them. So they just slide off over the walls <laughs> and down the other side and through the city and then back out and that's it. <laughs> they just <laughs> they go around terrorizing really large farms. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, munching on every tree. So it's there's just, the, just a lot of slime. It's because when you were like when you're like it's not an ooze. I was like ah. I mean, it's not an ooze. It's no, a it, creature. It is oozy though. Yeah, it is like it is oozy. It's a slimy. slimy. Yeah, it is slimy, but it's not a slime. It's the only creature I could find that had any reference to salt. Although, its specific salt vulnerability, a pound of salt feels like a lot of salt mm. for only a d6 of damage. Mm. But it's a nice starting off point that you could put onto any number of creatures that are vulnerable to salt in mythology. Mm. I mean, my starting point would be to go for fiends. Mm. Um, specifically like demons because I find that while devils are also fiends and it's more that direct mythology to the devil demons tend to be a bit more yucky yeah. yeah. and salt feels a bit more purifying against something that's got worms coming out of it than yeah. you know what I mean and that's like the distinction in D&D &D does seem to be devils are very neat and tidy they look disgusting well they, they look 
horrifying, but they don't look disgusting. Yeah. Demons you, generally look pretty disgusting. Whilst whilst they are terrifying, you'd be pretty okay to shake a, de- a devil's hand. A demon you don't well, want within 40 feet of you. Yeah. Well, I mean... Traditionally, shaking the hands of <laughs> devils is a, 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 a separate problem. Yes. Typically, does come with its own suite of concerns. But I suppose that's why the devils want their hands to be shakeable. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. So, so my kind of pitch was like this particular salt vulnerability. Now, you could also use it as a similar to a hydra taking fire damage or a, mm. a undead taking radiant damage. It something stops that it from regenerating. Right. A, a regenerating creature that does not regenerate if you toss salt on it. Now, I wouldn't say a pound of salt because that's a lot of salt well actually if you were in a position where there was a city that used bartering that regularly used quantities of salt as a standard measure of barter then potentially you could do that alternatively you could work out the weight what the like ratio is to the weight of an elephant and then just like have it be like because I would imagine the reason they say it's a D6 for a pound of salt is because an elephant-sized snail would be so big and to kill a snail with salt, you'd have to cover it in it. So you could only put a pound of salt on like part of it. So you'd only like hurt the I left guess, side I guess of if the something is, I don't, I don't know how much a pound of salt is, but I imagine if it was a snail the size of an elephant, yes, a pound a of sugar. Pound, is about okay, so yeah. That. So so I would imagine that like, it still feels like... I. Now, having having seen the Hound Harask stat block, it it's a challenge rating zero. It doesn't have a lot of hit points. It's got an armor class of nine. Like it's it. It's pretty hard to miss. It's a, a giant. It's snail. a giant snail. It doesn't move very quickly. I I genuinely I I I spent money on this because I didn't want to buy the dungeon of the Mad Mage thing. So I specifically just bought for like ninety nine cents. I bought the Hound Harask, oh and I bought something else that I needed for a campaign. But I spent money because I wanted to play who's that Pokemon with a giant snail. I mean, it was very good. So the whole thing is like I think you could translate that across. You could have certain rules. I mean, like the pretty standard, like uh, I hate saying it, but like the supernatural thing of like a line of salt will stop ghosts and shit like that. Like I don't know about salting weapons, but the same philosophy of like putting holy oil on a sword. I mean, it's uh, pretty hard to get salt to stick to a sword unless you try real hard. So if they're working hard enough to do it, I'm happy for it to do something. Yeah. Fun fact, one pound of salt is nearly two cups. Yeah, it's about half a kilo. Okay, so, so that two cups of salt. Actually, that makes that feels reasonable. pretty so it's like reasonable. Two salt shakers, essentially, like two like salt grinder kind of fulls of thing is on like a, on a on a huge. It's literally its size category is huge. So if I'm if I'm thinking like a human sized thing, I could probably get the same effect from like a kind of pocket sand of salt. Yeah, right. Yeah, like I, I think I'm, it's the I'm equivalent. I'm feeling the same kind of. Yeah, I think it's the equivalent of like throwing the. It's like the uh, it's the elephant snail size equivalent of throwing a yeah. pinch of salt in the devil's face because he's little. Because I'm imagining yeah. like this this sort of two cups of salt being about like a large snowball's worth. If you were to get like a salt slurry going, it's about a large. Which I often worth. do. <laughs> Just to kind of yeah, roll I like to in. I like to mix my basil tears in there. Mm. Oh. Yeah, mm. it's it's uh, Italian style uh, salt slurry. <laughs> I did. Oh, I just, as a side note, I'm going to go completely off topic for a second. You said the word Italian, and my brain was like, "Ooh, I know a thing." So I was looking up holy water because of you know, all my notes because earlier. Of Italians. Because uh, there is in the 2009 swine flu <gasps> pandemic, there was a particular town in Italy 
whose church installed one of those automatic hand sanitizer things where you don't actually yes. have to touch it, <gasps> but fully, but yeah. full of holy water. Yes. Oh Not God. because they thought the holy water was going to, to wipe away their swine flu, but because they didn't want anyone sticking their hands in the big tub of holy water and baptizing a child with it. <laughs> and then <laughs> having to baptize so a second good. child. That's so oh clever. So they had a, they had a little, they had a little automatic. So they had one for hand sanitizer and then one for holy water. And we had one for holy water where you could stick your hand under it. It would squirt holy water on your hand and you would, flick it on the child's head for the baptism fun fact people seem to think that war makes us like innovate and invent but i think pandemics are way better because one i saw somebody baptizing a kid with a super super soaker and second of all i saw someone get one of those automatic hand dispensers it's not hand dispensers hand sanitizer dispensers but they filled it with lube which i thought was really fun and exciting just as another side note we have a we have an automatic hand sanitizer thing on the desk at work and people will always come up and stick their elbows on the thing and it will just put hand sanitizer all over their jacket and it's (laughs) the best thing to watch people just come up and, and like get in my face and i'm I just have to look at them every time and be like, sir, you've got hands. <laughs> anyway, so salt can be used in that way. I also had a thought about that fairy vampire myth of like mm-hmm. counting the salt. Mm-hmm. And this was more like a very specific one. And I don't know that you could do this twice in the same campaign. We all know the like old lady hut in the woods. Mm. Something's not quite right. Turns out she's secretly a hag. My yeah. retirement plan. With We've all played or DM'd that scenario. A, the big tick off is there's no salt in her house, right? Mm. In D&D, we all know hags are the equivalent to witches and they are fae. So that kind of witch, fae, fairy thing of them Mm. not eating salt kind of ties in here. If the players have salt on them, which they may well do if this is near Tully's hypothetical city using Mm -hmm. salt as an economy that may be a thing where you can spill salt i mean this may be a combat encounter that is way too powerful for them to actually win but if someone spills salt on the ground that's like a you know the the hag makes a save and on a failure has to spend a certain number of rounds counting the counting the salt and just has to stand there taking damage while she does oh i mean that's, that's depending incredible. on how much they depending on how much they spill. Like if they've just got like a sack of the stuff, that's it. Combat over. And I mean, you can have hags are magical creatures, so you can have it that they are supernaturally quick at what they're doing, but mm. also you still have to count a lot of fucking salt. And mm. and that's it, right? And so it's it's not necessarily a vulnerability to being splashed with the stuff, but certainly an alternate win condition for a combat that isn't just hit the thing until it dies. Hell, you could make it mostly invulnerable, but make it count the thing until you've run far enough away that it can't catch you. Like, that's... If if they can't kill a hag reasonably, they can still distract it for long enough to get the fuck out of there. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. That's fun. I like yeah, that. I really like You that. could also translate that to vampires if you're playing Curse of Strahd, which mm. I know some people here at the table are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I was going to say, because you you mentioned the like one of the signs that there's no salt in the house. It feels very much like like vampire myths where like one of the giveaways is like, oh, there's no mirrors in the in the whole building. Right. And it's like, and they, they only drink red wine and what? that sort of like kind of thing. I like it. I'm actually playing in Curse of Strahd at the moment. I'm, one of the things I've considered is talking to our DM about, hey, so historically, here's what salt was used for. And one of the material components for the spell that makes holy water is silver. Mm. And now you were in Barovia, There's not much silver silver around because vampires are, uh, you know, not great with silver. And so, 
you know, one of the things is I was going to talk to my DM and say, hey, so look, can I, can I just like salt? get like 20 gold worth of salt instead? And I mean, it would also be like valuable and reasonably rare and like actually oh, more useful food in day to day. Right? It's, yeah. I have to update my backstory to include a rich uncle with a salt mine. Yeah. Uh, so I've just had a thought, right, about currency and not salt as currency, but in Barovia, when you change a gold and you buy, if you give a gold over when buying a glass of wine or, you mm. know, what, a, a a keg or something like that. When they give you change, do they just give you a fuck ton of copper coins? Or are they using Electrum? <laughs> well, they just don't Electrum have and silver copper, coins. No silver coins. I've I've not I've not asked. Most of the campaigns that I work with work in like nice even round gold. Yes. We so don't we don't get into like the change stuff. So right now my character has 14 gold and eight silver, and I'm wondering if that eight silver is actually six is actually, uh, is actually more one electrum and six copper. Uh, and 30 copper. Um, is this in our current Curse yes. of Strahd game? Where did you get that change from? Uh, from the, from the, the, from the tavern? From the tavern. Then yes, it is copper. It's just all copper. It just gave me a sack full of copper. Yeah, sorry. I didn't even think about that. I should have mentioned that. Little little, little bit. A l- quick uh, step back into my D&D session. Let's pretend that it's... I'm still... Oh, totally. Oh, he gives you the change. I order and the breakfast. Consp- uh, but it's weird because <laughs> all of the change is in copper. Anyway... <laughs> It's Fun. all com- it's completely irrelevant to me because my character in the Curse of Strahd campaign is a werewolf and therefore silver's completely like <laughs> nothing to me anyway. Well, cuz I literally did a thing and and I I mentioned that very confidently because I specifically did come up with an excuse to check at the beginning of the session if anyone had silver list on their character sheet. Yeah, how much? Cuz I had an NPC who if they came into Barovia with silver was going to kindly offer to swap it for some gold. Nice. It was going to be like a like a thing. That, that's pretty cool, but then none of us had gold. But yeah, then, then none of you actually had any silver, and then I forgot about it by the time we actually poor. used money. It's. Do you want me to explicitly mention it when we start up tomorrow? Uh, probably. Yeah, cool. I'll mention it. I'll, I'll, I'll deliberately go like go and change my stuff to that amount of copper. Yeah, cool, 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 maybe, cool. Maybe in some Electrum because that seems to be the only use for Electrum is just not having three billion copper. Oh, that's fine. You can put it in Electrum. Electrum is the dumbest currency in D&D. Oh, Electrum's dumb as hell. Who the fuck uses Electrum? Vampires? Or Wizards of the Strahd, Coast, I guess, yeah. <laughs> or let's be real, Platinum Coins? Go fuck yourself. Actually, go fuck yourself. I mean, I don't mind having an additional like you know, order of magnitude up. But it's like just that it's worth it's like a hundred dollar silver. But one electrum is worth five silver. Like you've got these even tens and then five silver. But the solution to problems of currency like that was w- would never have been let's make a more valuable currency with a thing that we've decided is arbitrarily worth more. They would be like, I don't know, if you've if it's, it's a bigger gold, bit. if it's way too many coins, give them something more valuable. Give them a, a bar of gold. Give them just something. A fancy gem. Yeah. A nice hat. I'm a big fan of giving my players I items love- made of platinum that are worth so such and such many golds. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like my my players. A platinum horse. Yeah, like a like a flask made out of platinum. Or I think at one point I gave my players a. I went the next step up. I don't actually know if it is, but I, I one of them found a mithril dagger, and Ooh. I was like, and I was like, ooh, so yeah, you can like sell that for like two hundred gold pieces, and the character went. No, I'm, I'm using this <laughs> and has held on to it since like session two of the campaign. Wild. Amazing. Just yeah. just for the the shits and giggles, I guess. I mean, that's very cool. It's cool. It um, is cool. So 
just because I kind of feel like there was a lot that we ran through, do we want to do a quick recap on all the things that, like, tiny details that maybe we didn't talk much on that we would love to bring in? Because I know I personally love the idea of actual bamboo and leather valves and pumps existing far pre-medieval times. I think that's real fucking cool. Yeah, it's a fun, like, salt mine idea. Yeah, I just I just think that's real real fucking cool. I love the idea of substituting silver for salt. like silver As a material salt, component material for components. holy water. Yeah, mm. and I mean, even if we're looking at clerics, I'm not sure how often clerics need material components except, like, a gem for revivify or whatever, but I really like the idea of perhaps being able to use... Because you can use your holy symbol in place of material components that don't have a cost. If they don't have a cost, could you use a handful of salt to do the same thing, sprinkled in the shape of your holy symbol? Like if, you're in a, so. if you're in a pinch, like you're in no prison, pun intended. <laughs> if you're if you're in a tight spot uh, and uh, you find yourself without your holy symbol, but they've given you rations or whatever, could you then cast a spell by sprinkling salt in a in a sigil like your like your holy symbol? I mean, if we're talking about using it as a replacement for the components for holy water, you could even get into a whole conversation about that as an entryway to making your magic components be more alchemical in function in like the in the way that you describe them in the game anyway which i mean i guess is kind of a waste because the alchemist exists now but still i i do i am a fan of um personally as a dm i'm a big fan of letting my players kind of flavor their own components or, or spell effects and things like that and one of the things that i've like thought about is like the the third level spell magic circle uh-huh. Now, I don't know off the top of my head what the spell components for Magic Circle are. If it is not already, salt is a pretty good, like, alternate... That's a pretty, stu- pretty Like, solid a pretty one. solid alternate, like, flavor one. Like, if you're saying, well, my character doesn't have an arcane focus, I'm just going to use spell components. As you said, unless it's a spell component that requires a, 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 specific, a specific cost... cost I'm pretty, pretty happy for players to just kind of say, I'm using a spell component that fits flavor-wise. I've had players cast fireball by flicking alcohol at people, like dipping their fingers in a in, yeah. a, in a flask of alcohol and flicking it that way because alcohol's flammable. Yeah. Mm. Things like that. I yeah. mean, the component for gust of wind is a bean. It's a pun. It's a pun. So, oh. yeah. So clearly they didn't care all that much about it being like that specific you Mm. can play around with those ones oh yeah i mean i was gonna say if we're talking about like substitutions and stuff clerics and having different substances that are the equivalent of holy water or salt like for example i remember lyra has a connection to roses because i was trying to look i was trying to recreate tuxedo mask as a playable character (laughs) and so i was trying to link the roses in there somehow but anyway lyra has a connection to roses and perhaps you would be able to get like a rose water would be the equivalent of like a holy water or similar stuff. It doesn't make sense for clerics to use the same kind of material components Mm. for their spells as uh, arcane casters like sorcerers and wizards. Like for for a spell, I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head that I know the spell components for, but but a wizard casting fireball might use sulfur and bat guano. A cleric who can cast fireball like a, I don't know, a light a forge cleric, cleric I think forge cleric maybe i don't know off the top of my head but mm. but uh, a cleric casting the same spell it doesn't thematically make sense to use the same stuff because wizards definitely seem more 
the sciencey side of magic. Mm. Mm. But on the other hand, when you're talking about an era where people believed that like religion was magical, having active chemicals in a like having something do a chemical reaction was magic. It was mm. God. It was science. It was all of that all at the same time. So it would also like it wouldn't be. I think I, I think there's a way to construe it where they use the same materials, and it's because the like wizards have studied what clerics use for their things and clerics are like well this is just what sulfur and this thing does that's just how it works god said so and wizards are like no you fucking idiot it just makes fire you're so dumb well that's that's to me why like clerics have holy symbols and and wizards use spell components Mm. like that's the whole the holy symbol is is for you to hold up your, you know, your crucifix or your, or your symbol of Lyra and point it at someone and cast Guiding Bolt. And you don't have to be like, oh, I'm going to fiddle through my pouch to get mm. a sprinkle of sand and a feather. Like, you don't, that's that's it, so right? So, by that sort of thing, I would love to see clerics using instead more, like, sacrificial style, like, primitive, mm. primitive, but, like, more si- simply... Um, Old Testament tribute. stuff. I'm thinking, like... Uh, a cleric carrying around a flask of sacrificial lamb's blood that they then throw out and that's the material that's the the spell is like casting it with this sacrifice that they've made rather than mm. through a holding symbol or with specific components there's a um uh, if any of you have watched uh dragon prince there's like a particular type of magic in dragon prince where um instead of a natural connection to the world and your magic comes from the world itself there's a dark magic which is uh, transferred from living things and then you kind of you you had take a living thing and you crush it and you kill it um and you you use like a unicorn's horn or part of its body parts and you channel the magic of that thing into whatever spell you're trying to make mm. And that seems like a very necromancery type mm. thing, you know, to have a jar of, let's say, fireflies and you just have to pop it open, open one up, crush it in your hand and cast daylight. Mm. Mm. You know what I mean? It's not It's not the traditional... I'm, I'm sure that that's, there are... That's pretty cool. I'm sure that there are ways to do that with traditional components and, and saying like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use... Especially for some of the more earth ones, salt feels more like an alchemical component than a religious one. You could definitely use salt as a component for like earthen grasp. Yeah, that's true. Um, in a lot of like, I want to say Wiccan, but also like a lot of kind of like pagan, pagan religions, things like that. Thank you. Uh, salt is associated with the element of earth. Yeah, and so things like that can be. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, but I mean, even on the other hand, like like you were talking just before about how like for religious reasons, throwing salt along the line of your door would be considered as like an effective thing as like a ritual of faith so i could also see an argument where you like intentionally skin your cleric to be very like alchemical or very like wizard based in the thing like using those kind of like there is an arcana cleric yeah and then just being like well these are the rituals the rituals happen to be like this sure it looks like chemistry but it's not it's the rituals it's it's that kind of line of people who are old history and things like that i i don't i couldn't tell you a period in history because my I don't know anything about history but that kind of like the church going you know oh this person's you know working witch magic and this person's like no I'm a doctor like (laughs) I'm I'm doing these things I'm I'm a you know good god-fearing Christian holding up my crucifix and whatnot but I'm also have studied how the human body works and I know that you know this doesn't work for that and this works for this and Mm. yeah and that's dark ages probably yeah it feels pretty dark ages I, I saw it in 
Castlevania. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, that's uh, season one of yeah. Castlevania? Yeah, that's it. That's it. All of my knowledge of history comes from pop culture. That's it. I'm that's like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about, but it was in like an episode of Game of Thrones once. Yeah, I back it. I mean, yeah. they, do, they do do their research. Yep. Yeah. So. Sometimes. 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 Not enough. <laughs> yeah, well. You know what they need to do better? Their market research. Mm. Fucking got them. <laughs> Take that, HBO. <laughs> Please don't sue us. <laughs> no, sue me, HBO. I mean, do what, it. What sue, sue this podcast for me? everything it has. Fuck HBO. What do you? What could I say to get HBO to sue me? Hold on, hold on. HBO. Come on, guys, help me. Come on, say something. Um, come on, with something slanderous. I'm just sort of waiting for Lachlan to like come up with HBO, something good. Then you could probably do something. But HBO will drag their name through the mud for publicity. They just will. HBO. HBO makes evenings with my mother very uncomfortable because we'd watch Game of Thrones together and she'd fast forward past all the sex scenes, which is even worse than just watching them because it called so much attention to what was happening on screen. And also I missed a lot of plot and didn't know what was happening. A lot of plot happens in the sex scenes. It was it's really weird. important. I was like, can we, oh my God, this is even worse. Can we please just, can we please just watch the 30 seconds of nudity, please? Whoa, guys, I just got some breaking news. <gasps> I just heard that the HBO has petitioned the UN to repeal the Geneva Convention. <laughs> what? Whoa. <laughs> oh my God. HBO says war crimes are good. <laughs> It's all getting cut, right? Oh my god, fiction um, does affect reality. I mean, if if HBO did decide to sue us, that's the biggest publicity boost we will ever get. <laughs> Can you imagine? The most listeners will ever receive. I've already destroyed my career at Disney, and now let's go for one more. HBO. <laughs> well, I mean, it, well, they were inevitably going to make moves along those lines after they started destroying all those churches, though. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of Dungeon Deep Dive. Another two episodes, another Dungeon, two Deep episodes Dive. of Dungeon Deep Dive. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you along for the ride. Once again, we've been your regular hosts, Tully. I'm... Hi, it's me, I'm Grace. And our fantastic guest for, the, for these weeks... Maddie. Thank you very much. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, you can catch us on our socials at Dungeon Deep Dive on Twitter... Uh, Instagram and Facebook. Uh, hopefully, we will have posted something sometime in the past month. Oh my god, I posted literally yesterday. Tully, stop roasting me. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> or if you don't, if you don't like the socials, or you'd like to give us a little more extended feedback, please feel free to write to us at deepdivetnc at gmail dot com. Yeah, I was going to say if you would like to sue us, please don't email. <laughs> if you, if you'd like to sue us, uh, you can at piss them on Twitter. <laughs> If you need to sue me enough, you'll know where to find me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.